Hello, everybody. I well, hope you're welcome to this. Uh, of course you are. Uh, you can come in, you can take a seat, you can sit down. You're going to listen to us talking music for the next 30, 40 minutes or so. Um, I'm going to be joined today by the wonderful Peyton Shea. All the way Thanks from the USA. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Firstly, though, we're going to play a little video for you. If you haven't seen this before, uh, I'd be surprised. But um, here it is in its wonderful pink and black Technicolor. It's a little message from Analog Trash. And why it's not playing, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. technology hey sometimes it just lets you down long My time boy. ago bef before you were born Peyton uh when we used to do radio back in the good old days we didn't mm -hmm. have buttons that you pressed on the computer we had carts did you know that no I didn't yeah back in the good old days of radio <laughs> we wow. actually still had we still had record players uh, of which I do have one here because it's important to have a record player on your desk. I do. I yeah. Do believe. Yeah. Um, but we had record players, we had CD players, and then we had carts and all adverts were on these things that looked a bit like this, like a cart, you know, it was a rectangle wow. thing like this. And you, and you used to have to shove them in these holes in this cart, cart machine and then literally press buttons to fire them off. What? That's insane. Yeah. Technology, technology, technology. Wow. Technology, technology has moved on so much that, I mean, you've done radio interviews, right? Yes. And if yes. you've been to, if you've been to a radio station these days, everything's a computer. And yeah. all the, all the music's on the computer, all of the adverts are on the computer, whatever. And someone sits there and it literally just goes, and then they literally. bring up a mic to talk to you. And that is it. My no, mind. no. Back in, back in the day, you used to have a massive great desk, probably about 128 channels. Everything had to be mixed in together. It was hectic stuff. There you go. Wow. That's just giving you like a little glimpse into the history of radio. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. Wow. I did not I did not know that. But cool to see like the advancement. It, it's definitely, definitely there. When did you first start making music? Um, so I first started when I was about I released my first song at 12 years old. Um but I got into so it. So young, isn't it? Yeah, so young. Um, but I got into it through musical theater a few years prior. Um, so I did Les Mes because um, I was in kind of like the acting, and I decided one day to try out musical theater, which mixed obviously like both music and acting. Um, and I fell in love with like the music portion of it, of course. Um, it's such like an amazing play, Les Mes. Um, and so you were doing lame is when you were 10 um yeah i would been yeah i would have been about 10 years old um wowzers i mean that is i mean <laughs> let's be honest about this lame is which is 
one of the best musicals, right? Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's quite technically challenging for a young yes. singer, right? Definitely, definitely. Um, and it's such like a dynamic like plot and it's like, you know, for 10 years old, like 10 year olds and nine, there's like people younger than me as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think we fully grasped what the whole plot and meaning of of it was. Um, but as you get older, you're like, wow, it's such an amazing, like, it's so amazingly like written. Um, but yeah, so I kind of fell in love with music. And then I wrote like my first song, like in the guest house of my family home. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I, I got a keyboard for scales for Lamez, like to warm up um, before before I would go to rehearsal. And um, yeah, I didn't really know how to play keyboard, um, but I figured it out. And yeah, so I wrote my first song there. So I'm assuming that someone else in the family was quite musical because otherwise, you know, I, that's what I that's what I always like would think but surprisingly yeah no no one in my few uh, my like wow. immediate family is musical I have some I had one I think it was probably like a great aunt or something who's at Juilliard um so it's kind of in the line but it's not like immediate right here so okay you'd love to do one of those programs when you get really famous which you will do yes um where you where you're allowed to sort of go back and explore your family history and see where it really you know how far back it comes from and who was you know because it's brilliant when they do that isn't it wow yeah like a little family tree yeah wow yeah yeah I'd be so but, down to that. Andrew Lloyd Webber you know Andrew Lloyd Webber yes. who obviously wrote Cats and everything else he did one of those recently and it was fascinating because he he discovered that a long time ago in his family, there was somebody else who was a master composer who composed these, yeah, composed these, what would have been West End type plays many, many, many moons ago. And get this as well. This is fascinating. He also had a brother who was a famous cello player at the time, just like Andrew Lloyd Webber's brother, Julian. Really? Yeah. It's <gasps> kind of like, it skipped like, you know, something like 10 generations and then it came back out again. Amazing. That's so insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, no, I would literally, I would love to do that. I think, isn't it like um like a show, right? Yeah, it's called Who Do You Think You Are? And it, and then it. it, yeah, and then it allows them to go back and discover their history on both sides. It's just. Wow. That'd be brilliant. Literally. That would be brilliant. Be really, so really you, cool. you were writing songs at 12. Yes. What sort of things were you writing about at 12? My my middle school breakups. <laughs> um, yeah, you, had, it, you had middle school breakups? Yes, I had one and it was oh, wow. wrenching. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it, it's always it's always fun to like look back because I have like all of like my original um, diaries and everything. I wrote my first song on the back of a homework assignment because I didn't have my um diary or like my little like notebook yeah, yeah. right there um but it's so funny to like look back and just like read the hundreds of pages of just like absolute just chaos um especially because the first song that I like wrote obviously I didn't really know like song structure um and all of that but it kind of made it like a thousand times 
better because there was no like structure there was no like you know fitting inside a box um which was cool you know looking back now because mm. now i'm like okay you know you're really thinking through stuff um but yeah it could have been anything could have been middle school breakups could have been a bad day at school um literally it's it's funny but um yeah and so then from there obviously it progressed when but, like, it, uh, but you know what you say you know we joke we joke about it but actually yeah. those those younger day breakups and whatever and 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 you know forming relationships falling out it, it really hurts at the time because you don't it really does. you don't you don't really understand that it's like you know that, that there's going to be someone else and you're going to get on and actually when you look back at it is this is you know this is all a bit silly really but actually at exactly. the time it's like oh my goodness this is intense yeah. right and I think too like the first because when you're that young obviously you don't know anything about like relationships and all of that um and yeah so it just like amplifies it by like a hundred um but yeah it is funny I'm never like, gonna meet anyone again ever yeah. and this is the end of my life and I'm only 12. yeah literally that was me when we broke up by the lockers and I was like wow this is it I'm over do you do you I mean this is the thing right in in UK we watch all of those uh programs about school in America and whatever and there's all always those scenes by the lockers we don't have that in the UK oh you don't no no okay. you see kids don't have lockers we we always had pegs oh yeah we just had like we, we, <laughs> it was literally just like there'd be some some cloak rooms and they would have like these things that stood up with like rows of pegs and that's it. And you would hang your bags on those or whatever. Anybody okay. could just go in and, and they literally did time and time again, people would move your, your PE kit and put it on someone else's peg and you would get lost. And then you'd have to oh, go home and explain no. to your mum. Yeah. Yeah. No, this we had it. We had thing. it easy. Yeah. yeah we whole... had the lockers and you could like decorate it. The hardest part about the lockers was like, figuring out how to open them when they had all those like combinations you're like yeah. how do i do this what's my combination um but yeah we were lucky to have lockers did anyone ever jump out from uh behind a locker to, to surprise you i mean because that I... always happens in these programs you know there's someone there's that scene where someone does the door and it's like what are you doing there <laughs> i mean i'm sure we put like one of our friends in a locker but there's not like I don't and you they had the that. letters and stuff on the inside as well with like oh yeah the yeah. mirror the letters you had it the little whiteboard that you never even touched oh had it all it's fantastic isn't it yeah some it, people would even do like chandeliers like these like mini locker chandeliers and what about I mean you you obviously knew that you had a voice at a very young age because of doing lamers mm. and stuff like that but uh did you from kind of one singer to another, not that I put myself in the same kind of class or category as yourself because you've got a fantastic voice, but um, did you ever, did, was there a struggle to find your voice as well? Mm, yeah, there was a huge, there was a huge struggle um, because I, so I originally went obviously like into acting. So I knew like immediately from like when I was young, um, I was lucky enough to like know that entertainment was like my was my place my path um, but I spent you know most so my middle school and my high school I grew up in like a small smaller town but it was still like right side right outside of LA um, 
so we only had one public high school uh, and so middle school middle school through high schoolers everyone went to the same like public high school um and you know during that time everyone everyone's just trying to like fit in or you know just kind of keep their head down and do what their peers are doing and um and i was releasing you know songs and all of that and so it was it became a really big i became a really big target at least for like my grade on um just like music in general like if i was like in a classroom a teacher would like pull up the song in front of like 30 classmates really yeah it was and everyone would just like sit there and be like oh like obviously they're they're trying to get a reaction um but anyway so that kind of early on like you know calling my mom crying be like hey can you please pick me up like this is absolutely horrible um that kind of early on really hit my confidence because I was like okay here I am like you know 12 13 releasing stuff in a public high school I'm getting you know bullied every day for it including from like teachers yeah um, so I I mean did that develop a, a form of imposter syndrome within you as well I mean did you did you kind of feel like almost like actually am I good enough to do this yeah I... totally totally and it and it reflected like everything because those ages are so like developmental um and so you know you never want to have a period of time where you're feeling so you know less than um so it really yeah. hit I can I'm lucky in the sense that like my passion was so strong that there was never a point in time where I was like okay I can't do this anymore because of you know what others think um, which I'm like super grateful for that, but it did really affect like who, who I was, what, who I thought I was and, you know, how proud of the stuff that I was doing and how good I thought I was. Um, even to the point where like I would look, so I was in movement rehearsals and just understanding like the arts and all that, like that's literally what I did and what I still do like morning, day and night. Cause that's all I want to do. And I look back at like rehearsal videos from when I was like 13 or 14 and it's like you can just see the like unsure because I was so you know scared of what others were going to think even if it was like people in my corner um just because I had already been told that constantly and constantly um so it really just came down to like me because no one else no one else could change the way that you know you think about yourself and I really had to like pull it together and be like, you know what? Yeah, you gotta start, you gotta start believing in yourself and you gotta start being confident with who you are. Cause you know, this, I knew what I wanted to do, but I wasn't, especially like in, just like in, in videos or like recordings, like I just wasn't doing that because I was holding myself back. Yeah. Did you have to get to a point on the outside where you were having to show a confidence level because you needed to make it, you had to show a confidence level that you didn't necessarily have on the inside. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what created the shift of like, now I feel confident and secure. And there's not really, I mean, of course, there's always like those butterfly moments, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And I'm like confident with like what yeah. I'm doing. I don't know that. whether you saw that, that on, on Instagram lately, um, there was a clip of Chris Martin from Coldplay and it was when he was really young and they'd mm. literally, I think they, they, Coldplay were called Starfish at the time. <laughs> it was definitely not the right name. Anyway, um, 
but they were they they were about they were just about transitioning into Coldplay, and there was a clip of him as a a, a braced teenager, mm-hmm. you know, with braces in his mouth, quite spotty, over to the camera, being very confident and going, "Give it four years, and Coldplay will be everybody will oh. know Coldplay." Have you seen this clip? Yes, everybody yes. will know Coldplay. There will be the big. But it, they made they made him watch it on a on a talk show. But you could visibly see the uncomfortableness of him watching that. And oh, wow. although he was kind of joking about it, you could also see that there's probably some hurt there in a way because I think a, a, a lot of the artists go through that stage where yeah. actually, as he said, part of that was self belief. Mm. and that we did believe it but part of it was being silly and part of it was you know being at a place where you know you've kind of you've got to project that but deep down inside you don't actually believe that you yeah. do, or, or there's a lot of lot of people questioning that totally that's it's actually hard. Hard. Such, such a good point and I think it like extends even outside of music just like in daily life um there's so many people that I talk to who are obviously, you know, younger, like in high school and stuff like that. And I'll just get like DMs, whether it's like, Hey, like I've had a tough day or like I've, um, this, this, and this is happening. So it's like, you see that kind of, you know, feelings even outside of music, but it's so relatable. Cause you're like, wow. Like I, I remember feeling like that. And then you just get to a point where it's like, you know, you have to, you have to act confident, whether, because, you know, I, I personally, I love seeing confident people because it makes me, you know, it makes you like 10 times more drawn, um, drawn like into their life. And I think when you keep doing that for an, a certain amount of time, you kind of just start, it's almost like you like manifest it, but you kind of just start believing that like you are that person Absolutely. and yeah. yeah, it gets easier. Yeah. Uh, people come on here and they go, oh, I really enjoyed your energy, really enjoyed it. You're so confident. You're so, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't start that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, when I was a kid at school, my school reports used to say, and this is no word of a lie, they used to say, wish you'd speak up in class, wish you'd be, you oh, know, wow. wish you'd take part in the conversation, wish you, and now I spend my whole life talking. You know? That's like, it's such a full circle moment. It's, but it, but it's cool because you have like, from that point where somebody's telling you, oh, I wish like you would speak up now to like what you're doing. It's such like, it, it almost makes it like 10 times more meaningful. Um, you know, cause you have that progression of like, okay, this is where I started. This is what people used to say to me. And now, you know, you're here. And also I think you pick up others or you have skills, which actually make you better at doing what you do, Yeah, which people don't, that, perhaps start off in a different place don't mm. necessarily have and one of the things is that if you're going to talk to people and have conversations like this actually you you need to go through that period in your life where you just observe wow very true right and you're just yep. you're just an observer and a listener and you just pick up on people and you get you get that emotional uh, empathy and connection with people before you learn to start to speak and that's that's important because there are a lot of people out there and you will have I mean I'm not I'm not dissing anyone but you will have known you will have done interviews before now where 
you've you've sat there and you're you're talking to someone and you think they're not listening at all to mm. what I say. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not actually it, you know it's literally coming from them and they've got their agenda and they're asking me this question, this question, this question, but they're not really listening to what I say back. It's mm. not conversation. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, them as a dialogue. And that's, totally. that's, you know, and that that's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. I completely, I completely agree. You know, and when, when I first started this painting, one of the things I said is I am never, ever, ever, I said that I, you know, I want to make a podcast where I interview musicians with respect, and that I never want to ask a question like, "What's your favorite biscuit?" Because why do why do people do that? I know there there is like a lot of questions like that, um, but what, I do. What's your favorite stuffed animal? I don't care. You know, what's that got to do with the music? What's that got to do with what I'm trying to say into the world at, at this moment? That is so funny. Yeah, I do. I do really value though. Um, like the conversation podcast or conversation like interviews even on like both ends like even like from my end or like your end it just and like an audience like perspective it just makes it so much more personable and like comfortable um when you're not putting on like a uh like a like a fake show like when you're actually hey! to have like a conversation yeah. um so absolutely. yeah absolutely you said and um, you said uh you know that you struggled through all of that um, and you had to build your confidence in terms of we live in social media land now um, you do you you're navigating I can see you're navigating social media really well for yourself um, do you feel quite protective or, or not motherly because that's the wrong word but do you feel quite protective when you like see people who are fans of yours starting out with music or whatever and actually maybe struggling with their own identity and, and developing their identity on social media do you do you feel quite protective over that or you know like want to step in and give them advice and help totally i i love my people i'm like i get so protective over um over my people just because some of them like have literally been there since i was you know, 16 or since I was 15 and vice versa. So like nothing means more to me than having like an authentic like connection Um, because they truly like, they literally truly do become like your best friends. And I, I hope I'm their best friends, but I like to say that I am. Um, And yeah, so anytime, I remember one time I toured in the UK. So I spent like three, three, four weeks there. And there was one, um, one student who was also like into music. And I remember we always stayed in touch just because he, he was so cool. He was so passionate about music. He was so welcoming and like warm to me. Um, and I remember one time I got this DM from him, which was like kind of out of the ordinary. And he was just like, Hey, like I'm, I'm wanting to do this music program at my school, but like, um, I don't know if I'm going to continue because every time, you know, I go in or whatever it is, um, I'm getting just like so much hate or I'm getting so much negative stuff from like his peers. And that really affected him. So to see a 16 year old, 15, 16 year old boy who, you know, had such a passion for music and was thinking about quitting because, you know, around him, that was really, really hard to see. 
Um, Cause you never want somebody who's so passionate about something to not feel, to not like continue that or not like continue their purpose in life um, because of people around them. Um, Do so- you ever get scared because you're, you're on the cusp, right? Mm. Of big things. I'd mm. say, you know, you're you're at you're at a level in your career now where th- this could now this can only go one way, right? Mm-hmm. You either stop, yeah, do, doing this properly, or yeah. you push it and you, that you know you become a arena artist, a, a stadium mm. artist, whatever. Yeah, you you try and get to the that that level, right? Yeah. Do you ever worry that that? close connection and everything else will get taken away from you not because you want it to be taken away from you but because people around you record companies pr execs whatever are gonna go actually we're dealing with that now and actually you're not you know we're going to control who you speak to because i think i think a lot of artists these days want to be close to their artists uh, uh, sorry close to their fan base and they really want to you know that's what they built their reputation on and i think mm-hmm. you know gone are the days of you know like this sep- the separation between the artist and the fans where it's like you everyone gets put on the pedestal i think people yeah. really want that but i think it's one of the things that some artists really struggle with and mental health wise struggle with. I think people like Lewis Capaldi's struggled with it is that, you know, suddenly the record, the record label, the, the, the people around you start to make decisions and try and take you away from those people that have built mm-hmm. you up have loved you. Have, you know, you, you've had that connection with. And yeah. I, what I love to see is <laughs> what I love to see is when, um, musicians break that down yeah I mean again I'm gonna reference um do you know Fred again yes uh, yes there was a great video that Fred it was it wasn't his Instagram it was some youngsters Instagram mm-hmm. where he said oh Fred again giving me feedback on my song and he he passed his way backstage and he, he went up to Fred again he said will you listen to my song and all of the security pounded on this poor lad with his guitar and we're like no get away Fred again was like hey hey hang on hang on hang on let let him play those are the best moments oh aren't they yes I've seen like um a video of like Taylor Swift doing that there's so many it's funny because with social media you can see obviously like you can see everything everything gets around um but it's so amazing to see artists who are at that level of success who are still like so so passionate and loving and their their fans and their supporters always like come you know number one no matter you know the level of success that they get at which I always think is like you know telltale as to see like how how humble somebody truly is because if you remember like you know where you started and these people who really help build build you up to where you are now um without them there is no there is no your world um so I think it's always so like endearing and humbling and um it's always just my favorite plus it like makes you love the artist 10 times more when you're like all right you're saying bye to the security letting him come up to show you the song like that's that's so cool yep and I I get knockbacks uh I get knockbacks all the time from management and PR and Mm. and you know what sometimes I love it when an artist goes 
I don't care what my manager says or I don't mm. care what the PR says. I'm still going to do an interview with you because I like what you do. And that's what I love. I had a bit yeah. of a rant about it earlier on TikTok because I had another one earlier where, you know, but it's daft. It is absolutely daft. You're not yeah. the gatekeepers of these people. Yeah. You're not. You know, if 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 the artist has said, I don't want to do it. I, you know, I, I, oh, I, you know, I need to protect myself here. And, you know, and you've had a, because I think everything comes down to communication. If you've had a conversation about your boundaries and what you need your boundaries to be at this time to protect you or to, 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 to help you and you want to set boundaries, that's fine. But if you, if you want to speak to somebody, that's up to you. You know, yeah, if, if you want to, if, because you're you're a human being at the end of the yeah. day no nobody's out there on the pedestal exactly. you've written songs that are really quite personal and uh covered some quite emotional subjects mm. um has that been especially in, in the your, you know more recent years mm-hmm. have you found with that audience that you've got have you found that you've been able to work through some of those things through those songs and with with the audience yeah that's actually yeah absolutely because i i think just stemming from you know the confidence stuff and everything i it was funny because an artist i feel like is very emotional and very you know express like they express their their feelings and obviously a way of music and all that and i feel like that's you know part of being an artist is relating and you know not being able not being afraid to like speak about speak about things and helping others and all of that stuff um but i felt like i became really reserved um because i am like an extroverted person but i'm i'm a little bit of both like i'm definitely you're an ambivert exactly that's like the middle one right yeah okay that's exactly what i am um and so basically i i felt I don't I would say about four or five years ago I kind of felt a little reserved with my writing because it's such a vulnerable spot um and just in recent years have I been like all right in order for me to heal or in order for me to you know not feel alone and understand that people go through the same thing like it wouldn't it would be unfair to myself and it would be unfair for the people who stream my music to stay in this like sheltered confined spot again out of you know reluctancy or whatever it was um so i really made it a point in the past four years to be an artist and to like not be not be okay with like limiting the boundaries of what i what i used to feel comfortable writing with um and that really has it's helped me both in the sense of like I even feel more connected to my audience. I feel, you know, more connected to myself. I understand myself better. Um, but I also like understand my writing better, which has mm. been like a cool, cool like progression to see. Wow. Do you know what? I think what you've just said is incredibly profound and actually I think will help a lot a lot of young artists coming up. Mm. To to hear that that actually you know, you've drawn uh, drawn yourself out because of respect of your audience. Mm. That's amazing. That's amazing. 
Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, my main my main goal is to, of course, always make them happy, always make myself happy. But I truly believe that artistry is, you know, opening up in some ways. You know, some ways people are more creative. Some, um, but it's just like a a disservice to yourself and to others when you know you're kind of in your own head being like oh no I don't know if I should write about that or what if somebody else like hasn't gone through that you kind of just gotta like write write about what you go through write about you know what others go through and yeah yeah and and one of the things that artists have always done is show the rest of us a version of the world that we can't really talk about Mm, very true you know very very true yeah because I definitely feel like some things you know in day-to-day life um you know it's not a societal norm to go about and you know talk about it but through like music it's incredible what you know what you can hear and what you can connect and feel with I love the video of you and you it is your sister yeah in the car Yes, yes, that's my sister. Um, it was, she's so funny. I love her. Um, I dragged her out. I was like, Morgan, I got to show you something. She's like, really, Peyton? I was like, yes. Um, yeah, her name's Morgan. She's best friend. I love her. I, I, I love the spirit. I mean, it's obviously that that kind of uh, that kind of framing is is something that's been become very popular on yes. uh, a lot. Lots of people have used it, whether you play, a, uh, you play your song to somebody and yeah and, and and then they react to it um yes. but to do it with your sister with with that as a lyric <laughs> yeah the whole the whole point of bad and the bad boys is one of like my favorite songs because it's just you know on the surface level it's it's fun it's almost like really like badder than the bad boys it's just, i don't know it's it comes across like not not serious but actually the song is super like it has a deeper yeah. Um, you know deeper meaning and deeper roots than that um and my sister has always been like of course like my number one um supporter and it's funny because anything like that goes on around me um I'm always so susceptible to like I I love writing about even if it's not like myself personally because I feel like I feel really deeply so if somebody's like going through something around me um you know, I kind of take on that same emotions and stuff. Well, if if anyone hasn't heard that song yet, I don't know what rock they've been living under, but that <laughs> it's, it's an absolute banger. It's it's classic. Thank you. Is, is there is there is there anybody else out there at the moment that uh, that's like a contemporary of yours, a peer of yours at the moment that has been doing the old uh, reveal in the car bit that you think has done it really well? Um. There's so wait, there's so many. Um, what's your What's your favorite one of all time? I'm trying to think. Have you seen the new Katie Baser one? No. Have you not? No. You must do. You must do that. I think. I think what really kickstarted that is like all the um, the James Corden. I believe that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his like it's carpool karaoke. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um that those who was your who was your favorite who was your favorite ever on that i love the justin bieber one justin bieber yeah well i love i love justin bieber okay but i thought the uh, harry styles one was good as well yes they're all just like so 
They're I mean, so funny. <laughs> They're so funny. They really are. They absolutely are. I, I think, and actually, I think Chris Martin did one with him, and he kept he kept chucking Chris out of the car as well. I think it was brilliant. You know, that they've all been absolutely brilliant. Um, Love it. The Kate, the Katie Baser one is she's she's singing a song about maybe having two blokes at once. <laughs> I've got to see that. I've not seen it. That is and, hilarious. And actually, I think the funniest one is when she's got two guys in the car that no. she says that she likes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm literally looking that up right after this. That is hilarious. Yeah. Very, very good. Peyton, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, just in case anybody is watching this or listening to this over the next few days uh, who's never heard of your music before, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, <laughs> where Where is the best place for people to connect with you, get in touch with you, you know, find your music, etc. And what is it that you would like people to do that, to help you as an artist? Um, you can find my music on all streaming platforms. It's just Peyton Shay. Um, and all social media platforms. I have new music coming out um September, which I'm super excited about. And she's yeah. just doing that in time for my birthday. Oh, perfect. I'm, I'm exactly. just saying, yeah, we That's, timed it. Timed yep. it for my birthday. Yeah. Intentionally did that. Intentionally timed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's where you can find me. It's just Peyton Shay. Please do go and check out Peyton. Uh, her music's yeah. fantastic. Do get into her. If you've enjoyed uh, Peyton talking today uh, and if you enjoy her music, do let her know because that's the thing that artists love most is if you actually comment back and tell them that you like it. Just Don't just listen to it on the box in the corner and then go, oh, yeah, I like that. Tell the artist, <laughs> you know, because they spend a lot of time effort blood sweat tears money mm. making all of this music um and they really appreciate it when you actually give them some feedback and tell them how how it's wonderful and it's changed your life and all of that sort of thing um, oh, if you've enjoyed this today uh, it's been my music with graham cove do share this with your friends and subscribe if you can be bothered to do that and if you haven't enjoyed this today then this video has actually been an instructional video on how to do dinging in the background whilst making a video um until next time <laughs> yeah my fault my fault no not at um, all it's, it's absolutely fine uh until next thank you. time thank you for having me this has been so fun thank you so much uh to our guest today peyton shay please guys remember music doesn't grow on trees you need to support artists you need to put some money in the coffers please do do that even if you can just buy a t-shirt that helps until next time bye for now bye thank you